they say there's no two people on earth exactly the same. No two faces, no two sets of fingerprints. But do they know that for sure? Because they would have to get everybody together in one huge space. <laughs> and obviously that's not possible, even with computers. But not only that, they'd have to get all the people who ever lived, not just the ones now. So they got no proof. They got nothing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Sopranos Live with Atticus and Will. Welcome back. It's season three, episode two, Proshai Levushka, and it's a very special episode <laughs> indeed because we have our first remote guest. I forgot that we actually did have some in-person guests a while ago, back when that was a thing we could do, but <laughs> we have with us today someone I'm very excited to introduce Justin Comer, host of Rock Hard Caucus. You can find that on podcasts everywhere. What's up, Justin? Hey, Will. Thanks for uh, the introduction and thanks for asking me to come on the show. Yeah. I've been really enjoying watching The Sopranos. This is my first time ever watching it. So it's nice that I get to uh, talk about it with you guys as well. Yeah, for sure. I saw that you tweeted something about you're going through it for the first time or something. And Mm -hmm. you happen to be like right at the exact part or like the timeline in the show that Atticus and I were on. And so, yeah, we're watching through it for the first time too. Um, And it was crazy too. Atticus, I have to admit a grave sin is that I listened to another Sopranos (laughs) podcast today. Another what? Another Sopranos podcast. What? (laughs) If you can believe that there are multiple of them out there, there are in fact, I listened to the one copycats. I know, I know everywhere. And it, and I listened to the one that's with uh, Michael Imperioli, um, plays Christopher, and the guy who plays Bobby. I never remember his name, but uh, it's actually, I mean, if we're if you're gonna listen to any other Sopranos podcast besides <laughs> this one, besides the official one that we do, that one's a pretty good one um, because their ad reads are very funny because they're like, uh, you know, I think Bobby read it's it's it, it Bobby read an ad for private internet access. Cyber security is very important. (laughs) That's a horrible Bob impression. But anyway, I listened to their podcast for the very first time today, and they are in the exact same episode as well. Um, So something happened a few months ago that made everybody exactly. It's funny to imagine that they kept exact pace with our like episode <laughs> every couple months, our, and then our like completely two and three insane weeks. and sporadic recording schedule. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But they, they, yeah, they talked about Proshai Levushka, which uh, Zoe was able to translate for me on the fly, and so I had a little bit of a spoiler going into it because. That's like, uh, it's goodbye, little Livia on there. But um, so Justin is the host of Hard Rock Caucus, like I said before. Rock Hard, sorry. I did Hard Rock Caucus before in my DM to you because that's what <laughs> my brain won't let me be as filthy as, as your podcast <laughs> needs me to be. Well, I, I made a Hard Rock Cafe joke on Twitter earlier 
and that may have thrown you off as yeah, well. Yeah, probably, dude. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, but so you're you're like you're like an Iowa politics podcast, which is right. yeah. Um, and Atticus and I both from Iowa as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get your take on whether or not Atticus and I still count as Iowa podcasters because we're no longer living in the state. We are at least still right. in the Midwest. Are we? Do you welcome Iowa expats into the podcast collective, <laughs> or are we stealing Iowa valor? Are we perhaps doing Iowa face by uh, <laughs> by doing Iowa tropes here on the show? What do you think? Uh, well, where do you live now? Wisconsin. Okay. And Atticus what, is in. Your, what are your current coordinates? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, getting more Atticus? specific due to the other in, crimes uh, I've confessed on the program. Okay, uh, I'll say. So if you averaged our locations, it would <laughs> still true. be Iowa. I'm kind of like in the middle of you now. Yes. Um, Wisconsin, I'll say that counts. Missouri does not. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Bad look, Atticus. Sorry, I just have a I have a prejudice against Missouri in general. I think that's fair. It's, yeah. It's I think the, we share it in the in the in the state as well. Yeah. For, our, <laughs> for ourselves. Uh, Missouri is like the the worst Iowa. <laughs> for sure so still iowa perhaps oh you're right i guess you do count them <laughs> so my experience as someone who is ethnically if not currently practicing iowan uh <laughs> is that i definitely felt like animosity towards uh felt my fellow iowans while living in the state but the second i moved away <laughs> and anyone opens their mouth to talk shit oh yeah is like it's it's time to fight yeah, That's we're all time. big family, so it yeah. makes sense. You know, when when you're close, when you're in close quarters with your family, it can get a little contentious sometimes. But if somebody yes. else is talking shit about your family, it's like it's on. Yeah, it's time for fisticuffs. Hey, does that sound? Does that remind you guys of a certain family in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we watched like this is like the tenth time I'm saying what we watched it, <laughs> but we watched season three, episode two, and this was. Um, so the, the synchronicity happened and so that's why Justin's on and it's, uh, not the most fun of an episode to just like (laughs) have, uh, for like a a laid back chilled podcasting sesh, but. So we are going to get pretty academic. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine dude. (laughs) Um, but so like last week it was like this, like very fun pilot of the third season with a lot of, uh. I don't know, fun hijinks and such. And yeah. we got a lot of baby Bing and Papa Bing and Princess Bing. <laughs> but this this week is a little bit more um, tinged. I don't know. There's some... I, I, Atticus texted me before I even watched the show. Days before I got to it. And it was like, yikes. I'm thinking Tony Soprano might be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> he He flirts with the line, if not crossing the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's get right into it. I'll read the summary here. We're gonna, we're gonna, since this is such a such such a a serious one, I'm gonna read like th- a more thorough sur- summary rather than letting our erstwhile friend Gary stumble through it on IMDb.com. All right. So at home, Tony greets Meadow and her friend from college, Noah Tannenbaum. Tony and Noah talk briefly about Tony's favorite film, The Public Enemy. Alone with him. Tony questions him about his ethnicity and confirms that he is half Jewish and half African-American. Tony tells him that being black 
he must stay away from his daughter. Noah swears at him and storms out. Tony goes to the kitchen, unwrapping some cold cuts, and as he does so, he sees a box of Uncle Ben's rice triggering <laughs> a panic attack. <laughs> so this whole oh. sequence... <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so Noah Tannenbaum is like Meadow's... Uh, classmate they're they're home from columbia because their vcr in the dorm room broke or something and so they're they're watching this this uh the public enemy movie for class and tony walks in just as they're rewinding it and uh finishing it up and so meadow says dad i'm gonna go go upstairs grab my bare naked lady cd (laughs) yes i'm glad you (laughs) specified because that was a hilarious line yes i'm just gonna go grab the bare naked lady cd Cool. Your <laughs> Nick's ladies have to be thrilled with that shout out, you know, like the kind of airtime. Um, and so there, so Noah's left alone to talk a little, talk a little film with a fellow film buff. And it seems like Tony falls in love with him. Yeah, you think like they, they like he likes his favorite movies. Like Tony likes this, uh, this Public Enemy situation, and Noah's trying to trying to connect with him over it, and then. Yeah, I mean, as the summary said, like he 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 gets him in there and he's like, "All right, or what's going on with your with 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 you? What are you? What are you? Yeah, what what color are you? What do you look like? Yeah." <laughs> and he's like, "So I I put uh, would you say would you put on your college application? Like yeah, I yeah. I would mark Italian. You would mark fill <laughs> <laughs> in the blank. Yeah, very subtle." Uh, and he he hits us with like a I I I'll proudly admit a, a a long list of unfamiliar slurs. Um, mm-hmm. This was like the like Italian Grand Torino, where <laughs> all sorts of I don't know. You need 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 to have take like AP slur to understand well everything that's going on here. Yeah, Italians have like their own uh, special racism. They've got their own words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have all sorts of words. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, I just started the new season of Fargo as well. And mm. that's that's got, uh, they've, they've got uh, the Italians versus blacks dynamic right, right. going on, crime um, crime stuff. But I mean, as far as I know, Noah is not a, a crime uh, boss himself. No, uh, he said his family's in the business, which to him means... Uh, movies that's right yes the film yeah. business mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah tony's like yeah you, you 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 stay away from my daughter and uh you're gonna say when when meadow comes down with her bare naked lady cd you're gonna say <laughs> very nice to meet you mr soprano and then you're gonna like walk away and you're gonna leave her alone um and he says fuck you and storms out yeah but, which you know he get he he stood up to him as about as much as you possibly could you could um yeah it's it's a little uh i don't know it's kind of impressive because he's probably what like 19 or 20 and yeah he's meeting this guy for the first time uh tony calls him i'll say a uh, charcoal briquette is probably the least offensive one that he uses oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this this man that he just met i mean he has an idea of what uh meadow's family is into i think and he's right. like, I mean, he'd have to because he he did also and, right. respond something with like, 
he did connect with the 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 business line too didn't he he was like uh yeah i would say i'm in the business too i don't know something along those lines (laughs) right um but yeah it it takes some balls to to say fuck you to a guy that you kind of know is a mob boss yeah (laughs) yeah i mean just just by like the sheer like intimidation factor alone of like the the his stature and like their their comparative statures and right yeah yeah but like yeah noah's got He's he's definitely got nerve. He he just like comes out of the bathroom. This is his, 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 his introduction. It's basically like a big old flush and like coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mister Soprano. I'm surprised they his, like sandals. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have like a toilet flush sound effect because they really should. The show seems to love those sound effects. I'm gonna release a bootleg remaster where I just go <laughs> fucking nuts on the the, the sound effect track, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be everything the show could have been originally. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they say, so they leave, and then okay, remind me of like the the sequence here because so they they were rewinding the VHS tape, but then we also get this scene. Okay, I don't. We probably cut to like a B story, right? And then and then eventually we come back to Tony just laying on the floor. Like, how do we get? Yeah, yeah. I just that? watched it again this afternoon just to refresh my memory. Wow. So extra homework. The episode opens with a garbage truck exploding, which is cool. Mm. And mm. then we get Tony on the floor. Uh and oh, you see like in the newspaper. Right. And then there's the reverse scene. The scene in reverse, which is okay. a cool effect because then once we're back to like linear time again, uh Meadow is re- rewinding the VCR as well. That's so right. Kind of I had the sequence out of order. Theme. Yeah. And the scene reads like completely differently too. Like in when it's like really quickly backwards, it looks like he just has a friendly chat with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So yeah, so he yeah, you see him st- sprawled out on the floor and you see blood on the floor and you look what happened. And that's because mm-hmm. after they got rid of or after he 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 got rid of Noah, uh he went back into the kitchen, opened up the Opened up the the, the 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 fridge and started getting into the cold cuts, and then saw a box <laughs> of Uncle Ben's rice and passed out. Which There's is a black guy in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. I don't know. <laughs> it is. And See it's, a little cartoon uh, black guy and and lose consciousness. Mm-hmm. They just uh, changed that mascot too. In real life, they've. Uh, They've decided they're no longer going to use the Uncle Ben character, and it is James Gandolfini, as I understand. <laughs> That's right. Um, what? Wait, wait. What is it? Oh, I don't know if they've actually like replaced him. Oh, yet, they just. But I know that they took him down. They said they're retiring the uh, image. Gotcha. Oh, okay. They're replacing it with Aunt Jemima. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, it was a hostile takeover. Uh, Ben's original. They changed it to from uncle ben to ben's original uh and they just and now it's just blue text on orange okay so there's no guy at all there's no guy um oh and i need i i I listened to your podcast justin you talked about the new casey's general store logo oh Uh, yeah i actually have not looked up the new logo there maybe that's where uncle ben went to (laughs) Um, (laughs) uncle casey's oh it's just the is it is it just the white on yeah, yeah, white text on the red uh, outline. Okay. Pretty boring. Yeah, pretty boring. I Nothing wish this is what we could it. have like our culture wars about on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like that's what it used to be, right? Maybe not. Yeah, like 
I want to get in a fight with somebody over like which cherry coke can design was the best and I will fight for the purple one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm <laughs> I mean this is from yeah. like 1993 or something so <laughs> Oh damn. That's what Twitter was like in 1993. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Um all right. So <laughs> I feel like I we I was instantly ready to do a call out thread on on tony tony's racism here and i Mm -hmm. I sprung to my keyboard and logged on and did it did it okay y'all one of question mark (laughs) and then i saw out of the corner of my eye um if i can send this to you guys well i'll just read it to you but so the aforementioned michael imperioli is uh so he he played christopher on the show but he not not only played christopher he was also in the writer's room a lot he was a writer he uh wrote several episodes um and uh he's he's a writer in in his own right and so do you think he's uh, like a writer how polly was a writer we just go in to make sure polly was treated right in the scripts yeah (laughs) uh i'll tell you how he's a writer he was he is he was a writer in the way that jk rowling is a writer Rowling, um, because he's on online now, but he's like he's he's doing it in a good way. Where he's he's he wrote if, if basically he's he's a very cool guy because if you follow him on Instagram and you like just comment on any of his posts, he'll basically just respond to you no matter what. Um, and you just ask him questions about the show, and he'll just he'll just answer them. Um, nice. And so I saw this. I, I saw I saw this. Uh, he 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 said on the on Instagram. I'm not sure what context because I just have a screenshot here. But he says uh, Tony got woke in recent years. Tony <laughs> and he also says Tony took a class with Cornell we- Cor- Cor- Cornell West last fall. Opened his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I so like I think we can safely say that uh, far from doing a no growth, Tony actually did a growth. That he is, that he has changed in his heart, and we should encourage this kind of, um, you know, a, a, a new understanding and, and, and coming to terms with things. And so, it's, I think it's it's cool that uh, Michael took charge of the canon, and <laughs> was like, uh, yeah, no, actually, he was woke. He, he got woke <laughs> at some point. Yeah, cool. I mean, more more power to him if mm-hmm. he if he figured things out. I mean, we should. We should encourage we should accept that. him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Welcome to the um, resistance. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So now we get to the. No, well, never mind. I'm just gonna go. Whatever. Tony has read the newspaper headline: second firebomb in sanitation war. He confronts Ralphie Cifaretto, uh, an ambitious and effective member of Richie April's crew, and Albert Barisi about the sanitation dispute. He tells them firmly: no more fires. Uh, so instead, Ralphie has a man beaten up with baseball bats. Separately, yeah. Ray Curdo meets his handler from the FBI. He is cooperating. So he's the, this confrontation happens at his mother's wake because Livia dies. Oh yeah, I feel like that summary skipped something. It definitely is. I'm, 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 I'm seeing I'm seeing the order of the paragraphs. The next paragraph says, and now and now it's all about Livia. So whatever, I should have done okay. a better job of this. But uh, so he goes to see Livia. An attempt to set things straight and tell her what to say. Question about the stolen airline tickets. And did any of you notice anything about this? This. Scene? 
<laughs> yeah, she looked like uh, a puppet or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did they have to. Did they have to write away on how she died? Real last minute. Yeah. So she. So Nancy Marchand had died before filming, mm-hmm. um, and so they had to um, do like a little uh, clip assembly and digital compositing to have one last scene with her in there. Um, and <laughs> now I'm, I'm just picturing Olivia Soprano like flying through space. <laughs> it says the cost was $250,000. Yes. Yes. I read that too. Uh, too yeah, much. I, <laughs> I watched the scene and I'm like, wow, she looks extremely weird. What's going on here? And then, you know, it, it just sort of plants a thought in your head and then it's like, oh, she's dead. Okay. Got it. It yeah. kind of spoils it because you're already thinking like, what's wrong with her? Mm-hmm. Her head is like too small and not moving yeah. like a human. <laughs> it's weirdly proportioned for sure. Um, and you can, and once you sort of like pick up on, if you don't know going in, uh, into it, uh, like what is going on here, you are quickly like, something is weird about the scene. And then once you realize something w- weird about the scene, you realize that all of her lines are completely generic. Like, she's saying, like, oh, Tony, like, leave me here. I don't know. And then, uh, and then it cuts back to Tony's like, what, mom? You're going to testify against me at the, at the, at the court? And then you come back to her and she's like, Bleh. like, <laughs> just assembled from, uh, I mean, I think I remember the episodes, uh, like, it, this was like, not all unused footage. This was definitely lines taken from previous episodes, like when she was in the hospital and stuff. Uh, it seems that, so easy to write around that, like just ever yeah. die off screen. And so, yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about that. And so the article I read said had like David Chase saying that he really didn't want to have her die off screen, like some sort of soap opera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, which I, I, I mean, I think nowadays... You probably could get away with an off-screen death, like if you you could you could write around it, um, in in ways. But I don't know if he was like, you know, he was going into season three of this like magical new show type thing, and he like really mm-hmm. didn't want to have uh, like he wanted to maintain the prestige factor, and so any hint of anything soap opera happening uh, would probably lead you to make a decision to like. Let's drop a quarter of a million dollars on this scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. A show with like less of a budget for cutting edge uh, effects like that may have just like opened the season with a shot of a casket or something. Yeah. 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 There are definitely ways that you can write around it. And I, so I think they were, they, they were going for a early prestige th- move there that I wonder how it was received in the time. I could have looked that up. But yeah, I was I was thinking about it a little bit because there are other times when I've been watching this and I've noticed like pretty bad like overdubbing of lines. Yeah, yeah. Where like the character's mouth does not at all match what they're saying, and I think it's just like an effect of like they knew that people's TVs weren't high definition at the time. And Absolutely, it's like you can get away with some stuff because it'll be a little blurry. Uh, but yeah, right now it doesn't. Uh, you don't get away with it quite as easily. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I think that's definitely the case, Justin, that like, uh, that, that TVs, you just wouldn't notice it. I mean, mm-hmm. even with, um, in a very similar 
case, actually. Uh, I mean, I, I referenced Star Wars a little bit earlier, but the whatever one of the recent ones where they had like the Imperial General, he died. The guy, oh, Tarkin. Played, yes, and they brought they did like a digital Tarkin, and yeah, that so, was in Rogue One, I think. Okay, yes, Rogue One. The uh, I went to see it with somebody on like a super. Like a super, I don't know. It, it was it was with with Evan at the um at the at the museum, and they had like some super crazy screen that was like mm. state of the art, whatever. So like, and it looked um like you could I could tell that it wasn't it wasn't real. Like it was it was yeah. it was clearly CG, CGI. And so when I saw everybody talking about how like lifelike it was, it kind of confused me because like, well, <laughs> I could tell it wasn't. But then um I went with another group of people, and we saw it on just like a regular. Screen, like a regular movie screen which is still you know movie screen but like right. it was noticeably like a lot less like bright and um maybe not quite as sharp and so it looked a lot more realistic due to the like um the worst quality of the screen so that's yeah. absolutely probably what was going on with the, the the livia compositing yeah i remember getting a real uncanny valley feeling when i saw that scene it's yeah like, this is a I don't know. I think maybe like they had a real person do motion capture or something, but it's like not quite right. Honestly, the the scene with Livia may have been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also strange. I, I'll like, give you that <laughs> that they did that scene for like what effect? Because she still yeah. died off camera. Like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, we find out about her death just from somebody saying uh hey she died <laughs> that, that's true we're talking about all these sophisticated sophisticated ways to write around somebody dying oh yeah by the way your mom died is how yeah. they actually did it in this episode i think so the in the same article thanks for bringing that up atticus uh david chase said that like this this could be somebody's first time watching the show which is kind of weird but like he wanted there to be a one last nasty interaction with the two of them so when she dies and he doesn't feel bad about it and is like happy that she dies he's confessing to dr melfi um that he he is happy that she died uh it's it's like less or it's more justified i guess like it makes it makes more sense um i feel like that could have just been achieved by and she does like remember when she tried to kill you (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 i think that's actually another effect of the show having been on tv in like the early 2000s when uh it's more likely that somebody's just like tuning in for the first time watching broadcast television not like us where we have to watch every single episode in a row <laughs> yeah what is your what is your soprano schedule like justin are you are you are you are you ripping through them or are you taking them slow? I've been going pretty quick, actually. My, like, my wife and I will watch an episode during dinner, like, you know, maybe four or five a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've actually watched a little bit ahead of the episode we're discussing now, but I, I made sure that I won't spoil anything for you. Well, I <laughs> I tuned into that Talking Sopranos podcast this morning, mm. 
and I'm sure that yeah they and then they're just like spoilers in that they they just like well well when when X dies later on in the season <laughs> I'm like what the yeah, yeah. fuck come on <laughs> I guess that that is a that is an own goal on my part like as a huge <laughs> yeah that's my fault for <laughs> it sure. would be very funny if they insisted on not spoiling anything on their Sopranos <laughs> podcast right they've been Something doing that for they, a long yeah. time <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so Tony starts watching Tony. I've noticed Tony watches classic movies um, the same exact way that I watch The Sopranos. That he sits there and he smiles and nods to himself <laughs> and <laughs> he goes <laughs> to himself. That's exactly how I do it. Um. So okay. So so Livia dies and then uh like he's out in the garden when um when when, when she dies he like goes out with a cigar and is like moving this the sprinkler around and he's having this la- like i i read that as a little bit of a sort of sort of like a cosmic moment of peace where like as she died he like he like had this um tranquility mm-hmm. tranquil moment to himself um and then w- without knowing what was happening and then he goes back in and he he learns about it and so then we get the uh we get the the funeral and the thing later and at the at the house and that's where he confronts Ralphie Cifaretto um which I I I think is his introduction I believe yeah I think uh, this is his first episode yeah and he's the guy who is like get, getting on Tony's back about not promoting him to captain mm-hmm. um, this is the guy from Memento right oh is it he's the guy with the uh Steve Buscemi voice <laughs> like he sounds like he's trying to imitate another gangster. The, there needs to be an IMDb for just like that guy, you know, that you can just like <laughs> plug enough descriptors in. Yeah, he uh, is yeah, in yeah. without knowing anything about them. Um, but so that's where 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 Tony is saying no more fires, and so uh, to take care of the problem. Ralphie then has like a this dude. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember what his thing is. But like a rival family or somebody. I'm not sure. But maybe some a government official who's not signing something or should. I be think he something. is like a government guy. But okay. Yeah. Uh, he's beaten up with baseball bats, um, which I guess is less c- conspicuous than another f- <laughs> fire bombing. But you know, <laughs> still insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ray Curdo, who wh- who was definitely in earlier seasons, but not as a big part of whatever, we learn that he is uh, he's 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 another. We've got a new mole. Yeah, it's he's Ray. an informant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they say, uh, "Do you need more? Need new batteries for your for your mic?" And then they like, "Sure, I'll get them from Office Depot." And then <laughs> Office Depot's in the background the whole time. The camera zooms in on the Office Depot. <laughs> yeah, they've got to be thrilled about that kind of airtime. Like, what is go- <laughs> all your battery needs here at Home Depot? <laughs> Very weird, weird, weird to insert line about that. They, I don't they, think of them as a battery store, but I suppose they do probably carry batteries. They probably do carry batteries, and I'm and oh, I'm tap 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 tap. Oh, I'm 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 seeing here uh, that they donated two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the production <laughs> of this episode of The Sopranos. Interesting. Um, <laughs> do you need any bare naked ladies? <laughs> we can get one for you at the Home Depot. 
Uncle Ben's rice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so later Tony is in therapy with Dr. Melfi and he has an outburst saying that she, he's, he, he's, he's glad she's dead. And he says, then, then he's like, I'm a bad son. I'm a bad son. Um, after Melfi's like not giving him the, the, I don't know, the polite, what's the word? Like the nicety, polite condolences type thing. Um, right. She's mostly just not saying anything and letting him sort of explore his own psyche yeah he's a large me- bad adult son <laughs> uh it occurred to me that like maybe we should see like see an episode with a with it with a check-in on their progress at some point because it's been about three years now apparent ish right where they've where they've they've been they've been working together and it kind of seems like he hasn't He's refused to take any set steps whatsoever towards uh, mental well-being. Like he <laughs> ignores all of her advice at every stage and just seems to yell at her every time. Um, seems to if... think that Prozac is an as-needed medication. <laughs> yeah, and like will make zero progress, or has thus far made zero progress on uh, knowing. Or about about his mom, like maybe being a bad person, um, and uh, I don't know. Just made me wonder if like what her notes are like, just being like mm. s- same, same as last week. <laughs> like it's he's ne- he never says he's gonna do anything I ask him to. <laughs> well, he hasn't like physically assaulted her recently, so that's true. But I guess that's, that's a progress. sort of progress. Mm. <laughs> So, okay, is th- now I think we get the scene with AJ doing homework, uh, listening to Slipknot. <laughs> I, another Iowa <laughs> Iowa group, huge, That's right. huge Iowa episode. Um, he's trying to work his way through Robert Frost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, correction, Atticus. He's trying to work his way through that asshole, Robert Frost, <laughs> as he says. Uh, and Meadow comes in to check on him or whatever, and. And she starts helping him with, with the homework, and uh, starts and and ultimately explains the poem. Um, I should have pulled up, pulled up the poem, um, but the the idea basically here is that like AJ not getting the homework assignment, Meadow was walking him through it, like talking about how like this poem is. Uh, I don't know. If there's like snow. What does snow symbolize? Oh, snow mm-hmm. is like white. Oh, white is death. It's gonna be a little not not too many hours before I rest. He's about to, he's going to his death. Oh, I thought black was death. White too. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I suspect that this was a little bit of a, a subversion here from the writers about uh, some, so an advanced or I'm sure, I'm sure the, I mean, the state of the discourse is just lagging behind other <laughs> academic thinkers or whatever but uh the idea about black meaning death and bad and negative stuff being a trope in literature and poetry Mm -hmm. for so long um versus uh well turns out white also means death and bad uh too and so you know white and black they both mean bad uh you know some some sort of like linguistics jujitsu here from the sopranos <laughs> i would say 
Yeah, it's obviously like an intentional kind of racial coding considering how the episode opened. Right. Um, and I don't know. I just, it, w- it was done in a very clever, uh, succinct way, I thought. I just, I thought black was death, white too. Like that's all you mm-hmm. need. That that's and that's when it's a print. Then baby, that's the Sopranos. <laughs> and I was when watching you're... it like AJ was reading that poem because I was just like, this scene is funny because AJ's stupid. Oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I but got the, it at that. It also level. works that <laughs> works there too. Yeah. Me and AJ. <laughs> he's not grasping the symbolism at all. He's a lot like his father, <laughs> and I really like it. <laughs> um. All right. So. We're organizing the funeral here, and Tony's sister, Barbara, who has so far not been on the show, I don't believe, but we knew she existed. I'm pretty sure we've seen her, but she has not played a large role at all. Okay. Um, I think she was around like around the time Livia was going to the nursing home. Oh, that sounds right. I know we've seen her, but yeah, like not much. You've been through the episodes more recently than I have. Yeah. We have a... I don't know if you you have... uh, (laughs) Anyone, anyone who looks at the episode release dates on this and on our podcast here knows that this has been an absolutely chaotic uh, project <laughs> thus far. Uh, fits and starts, we'll say. So mm-hmm. Tony's sister Barbara informs him that Janice will not be coming home for the funeral. He furiously calls her in Seattle and tells her to be uh, to be on the next plane, and she convinces him to pay the uh, pay the fare. And uh, there's some very good interaction here. He is just extremely pissed off that she's not going to be there for her own mother's funeral. And um, she says, well, it's she 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 tries to do a little uh, plastic class uh, class consciousness here. But it's <laughs> employed very cynically where she she's like, uh, but it's so hard for us working people to do to, to, to do anything. And then uh, is this where he says, oh, oh, look at this, Woody Guthrie over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he's like, I'm paying for it. I'm o- I will only pay for your ticket, uh, and it's going to be coach. Uh, no, no, no free first-class rides out of me. Um, and so she, she, she gets dragged back into it, and... She instantly starts causing trouble. Um, right, yeah. She wasn't even going to come, but then she starts just taking over, like imposing her will on every step of the process. Yeah. Although now that you've like talked through it, I think she was just pretending she wasn't going to come to get the free plane ticket. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That where that she knew that Tony was going to was going to call her up and get furious. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, in some it. ways, he's very predictable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, will Tony get mad at Janice? <laughs> Who can say? It's uh, so funny how like you just—I f- at least felt watching the scene at the funeral just so much like those other people there with her, just like, oh, that is that's Check, such a good my scene. Watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a good scene. Um. But before we get to that, at the funeral home, Janice insists that contrary to her wishes, Livia be given a lavish funeral and, exasperated, Tony agrees. Uh, in Livia's house, Janice hammers at the basement wall <laughs> where we assume that she is she's di- literally like digging at the foundation to find <coughs> money. Treasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. hidden away. 
Buried gold. Buried gold. At the funeral, still at the graveside, she has a dispute with Livia's caregiver, Svetlana, about Livia's collection of records. Uh, Svetlana says Livia gave them to her. Janice orders her to give them back. Yeah, so this is... This this she's going absolute villain mode. Any oh, yeah. any goodwill that you might have, like you know, I don't know, like f- fuck with Tony as much as you want, whatever. Like be an asshole, like sibling, whatever. But you're I don't know, you're being like such an ass to Svetlana about this, and like demanding that uh, you get the records that Livia had that that were given to Svetlana. Like that's. She's she she's getting she's going in my my bad books once again. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. sometimes I can I can see sympathy for her, but this was a very villain mode. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And she also is, is like forcing her out of the house too after Tony oh, yeah. told Svetlana she could stay there for a while. Yeah, super shitty. Also about that scene, did anyone else think it was odd when Tony as like the they put the body into the in the ground? He's like he looks at Meadow and she storms off like and then he thinks to ask about like, did you talk to did you talk to Meadow? Did you say something to Meadow? Like that seemed like an inappropriate time, the time to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the whole episode kind of deals with uh, none of these guys really being able to handle grief appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to uh, do? <laughs> yeah, that recurring line, um, at least she didn't suffer, is like so funny. Like it gets funnier every time you hear somebody say it. <laughs> I loved the 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 scene where uh he comes back to the house after the crew hears the news and they're all there waiting for him to one by one like like the, the the core the core team. We got Christopher, we got uh Silvio, we got Polly, and they're mm-hmm. they're there to to like give him a hug and say something just like you know, show respect to the boss, but like we all know what your relationship was like with your mom. But like, yeah, we're uh, we you know, all just have to perform the uh, ceremonial, pretending to be upset. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there was the moment later on at the at the, at the house when like more people are coming in and more people are hugging him and saying like, oh, you know, like my I think Bobby says like, my, you know, my dad's sick and so I feel you and um. Then he sees uh, Patsy, who we saw, was it last episode? Who was, yeah. who was like all drunk and getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was about to kill Tony because he's, oh, he, right. yeah. he knows that he killed Spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony cuts off the the receiving line before before he can, he has to confront like actual, uh, actually confront Patsy where, I don't know, probably sparing them both the, the performative, uh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing, um, do you remember how that scene, like the very beginning of the scene where uh, Silvio, Polly, and Chris uh, give their condolences to Tony? It uh, opens with AJ sitting on the floor, I think eating cereal, <laughs> watching the X Games, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and Silvio, Polly, and Chris are all sitting on the couch with like their arms crossed, just waiting. Oh my god, I I can't believe I must have been writing something else down because that <laughs> there's so much good AJ stuff in this episode. <sighs> he's the best. Yeah, he's basically like the Bobby Hill of this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, we forgot. That's the... how I've been perceiving. Him. <laughs> um, 
after so after the asshole Robert Frost, Meadow leaves the 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 room and then it's dark and he's working on homework and then he like looks up and he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Grandma." He thought he heard a he, he thought he heard yeah, a he ghost a noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later on at the at the at the at the house the. I I don't is that a wake I don't know is that like we're no it's it's the just like a the funeral party but what are we yeah, looking for the, here the after party the well after um party. Uh, Tony refers to it as a shindig <laughs> the shit I'll, the I will home. be from here on I will be referring to it as the shindig <laughs> yeah uh so at the shindig Tony's talking to uh, I I don't know if he's talking to Chris and Polly or whoever but they're they're in the hallway and then in the mirror uh we see pussy for a split second. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe AJ heard Livia, maybe AJ heard pussy, maybe there's a we've got a we got a ghost in the house. Something's going on. We've yeah, got, that's a nice thought. I hadn't connected the two kind of ghost scenes. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, it's a ghosty episode for sure. <laughs> we need and, the the pussy fush, uh fish back from Oh yes. <laughs> Oh man, and um, I mean Nancy Marchand is like a literal ghost in her uh, post death <laughs> <That's so> scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they filmed a real ghost. They, yeah, <laughs> the, the the production itself was haunted. <laughs> uh, and I just want to talk about how the Furio Christopher Adriana friendship is one of the most beautiful things captured on film. That uh, it's it's awesome. Those th- those three can have a good time, and <laughs> uh, just to get absolutely fucked up for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And when they're at when they're at oh my god, it's this was this was the saving grace of the episode where I I was so worried like oh man this is like a heavy episode we're not getting a lot of funny stuff we're getting like a couple of throwaway AJ lines. Uh, speech Dude. at the funeral. Christopher's funeral <laughs> speech is so yeah. good. It comes in the middle of what Atticus was talking about earlier that. Uh, they're at this, they're like they're, they're, the 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 party's finally starting to get going, and it's starting to turn into like an actual party rather than just like a funeral, sad thing. Yeah, everyone's doing. feeling a little more natural. Yeah, we've gotten into it. So of course, Janice has to uh, just fuck up the whole vibe and like demand everybody assemble into the sitting room, and um, this whole sequence just like is is very good at capturing i don't know if, if i wanted to make write some like grand thought about how um you know modern american life is filled with all these shitty things you don't want to do but i think that might just be like more universal than <laughs> than than that i think it's just like it is is something you you don't want to do and everybody else nobody else there wants to do it either you're just being corralled by somebody and nobody An agent is. of chaos yes such <laughs> as she is yeah um where jan so what i'm talking about is that janice makes everybody go into the sitting room and um starts requiring people to give a little memory or something special about livia and is is like calling on people and calls on hesh first and and he you know he he says something like, you know, she wasn't afraid to speak her mind mm-hmm. and thinks he's good and that she'll move on and she makes him say more. And so <laughs> he says, he elaborates 
technically and says uh, there was no interlocutor between brain and mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And then. Yeah, just getting slightly like uh, more blunt about like what kind of person she was. Yeah. <laughs> and then. The longer eventually... you make me talk, the meaner this is going to get. <laughs> and then. Uh, so she starts calling on other people and no, like there's just this like really long silence nobody's saying anything and then christopher pipes up <laughs> he gives what wikipedia here describes as a rambling unfocused speech um, <laughs> that's so generous it's so good though he's completely he, he's completely fucked up and he's on the couch and he says what if there what if there was more than one mrs soprano and uh i guess his 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 point here is that we're told that there is only one of us in the world, but how do we know that for sure? How do we know mm-hmm. that there isn't somebody else out there that is exactly like this? Like the only way to be certain that that isn't the case is if you got everybody into the same room and compared each other. And that's not possible even with computers, <laughs> even with computers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, He's not really wrong because the the way he starts talking about it is they say no no two people have the same face or the same set of fingerprints. And it's like, I mean, yeah, like we really can't know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. I mean, like, li- like <laughs> it's sort of like the, uh, it's like a conspiracy theory mindset where like technically you can't like, really have definitive proof of a lot of like facts of life you just have to take something on faith and sometimes if you just smoke enough and like snort enough coke you're like i can't take it on faith anymore i have to like (laughs) confront this issue i need to see the facts (laughs) that's right yeah show this to me absolutely Uh, and also, uh, I, I wanted to note, before Janice starts calling on people to give memories of Livia, uh, she also just sucks all the air out of the room by playing a recording of the song, oh If God. I Loved You, from, <laughs> from the 1956 movie Carousel, which uh, <laughs> she says is Livia's favorite song, but I feel like nobody in the room probably was aware of that. Could verify, yeah. So they um, just kind of sit there like, yep. Here's the song. <laughs> and she talks about how sensitive she was as a child in front of everyone. She's like, oh, oh. yes, I was extremely good at visualization. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool brag. <laughs> <laughs> and she talks about how, or she outs Livia as, but b- bef- she does it in like a passive aggressive way where like, and I just thought it was so, uh, you know, quirky of her to have kept all of Tony's stuff, but none of Barbara and mine. Like, none of our art projects or school work is in the basement, but all Tony's is, and is a, his football uh, letter. Love how she'll just wear anything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, in, middle of, in the middle of... Christopher's rambling, unfocused speech. Uh, Tony slips outside where he is confronted by an angry and drunk Artie Bucco. Where, mm-hmm. And we get a little flashback to Artie visiting Livia in the hospital. And that's where Livia tells 
him that Tony uh, firebombed his uh, restaurant. Excuse me, firebombed his restaurant, Vesuvio, mm-hmm. and it's all, it's clearly on his mind. And Artie goes back inside and and is is about to. Well, they 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 have a confrontation out by the pool, and Artie lets Tony know that hey, I know about this, and I'm gonna go tell everybody. And he storms back inside, and then just as he is about to say it, um, Carmela. Is, who has been just like pounding shots this whole time, <laughs> yeah. uh, suddenly says, this is such a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. And she just, uh, she spills that tea. Absolutely. Yeah, the queen goes off. She goes off. Absolutely. <laughs> she, she, she puts everybody in their places. She describes Livia as terribly dysfunctional and says that even from the grave, she has spread no cheer. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> yeah, she's just completely sloshed, and, and and so so this is really the episode that we we, we see that we, we see a couple of folks unlocking their minds through substances. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, Chris, we've got Carmela, and we've got Artie. Everybody else seems to be doing fine, but uh, <laughs> of the three, I think Carmela is like handling her intoxication the best. Absolutely, she was not slurring. She's she makes total sense. Everything she's saying, yeah, she's like, coherent and it needed to be said probably for the yeah, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. Um, and so Tony gets in on the action and sits in front of his television with a drink and watches the scene from the Public Enemy in which the main character's mother joyfully prepares her home for her son's return, and he gets teary watching a good an example of a good mom. Mm-hmm. And the the irony is that her son has been delivered to the home and he's dead, I think. I've never yes. seen the movie, but that's what it looked like. Yeah, uh, that is what happened. So it's the the public enemy with James Cagney. And mm-hmm. we see it earlier in the show, we see an, a, a clip where uh, James Cagney pushes like a grapefruit into his uh, wife's face. Like we get some... Yeah some classic violence against women that tony's just like all right haha <laughs> that's <laughs> smiling that, to funny himself. funny bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then um which uh in the podcast uh, the talking sopranos podcast they reminded me that that was i think uncle jr did the same same move to with a with a pie his or girlfriend right? yeah with a pie yeah Okay, yeah, I was I was thinking the same connection, so I'm glad that the actual like people involved with the show made the same connection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then so yeah, so this this movie I had to look, I had to read through like the the summary of it and wondering wondering if it, how meaningful it was to the the plot of this episode, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's like an early mob movie where. Uh, James Cagney is like is is a mobster. He and he starts getting rich off of it, and then wants to like take care of his mom. And we see his brother say that like, no, your money is is bought through uh, beer and blood, which is I think the name of the original book that it was based on. Hmm. And uh, he tears up the money. Well, whatever. We don't need to get into the plot summary of this like uh, itchy and scratchy ass like. <laughs> <laughs> movie that's sorry can you hear that siren yeah i see the lights oh yeah i just all right well i'll close the window if it starts up again oh no you're good um (laughs) dude that okay i have 
quite I had quite the day that I w- <laughs> want to get into. At the end of the podcast, where Atticus and I just start rambling, I can talk mm-hmm. about I can talk about my day, about my day here. The cops are, are you me. are you high enough for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we're gonna need to take a little interim where I hang out with Adriana and and Furio. I <laughs> the guess. The queen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to that scene, I w- I want to give you another musical credit. That song was. Uh, shake it and then in parentheses like you just made bail by sean smith that's the song they're listening to while they were just uh toking and i don't do drugs so i don't know the right words uh but they were just you know taking lines straight to the dome yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) yes sir uh do you have a needle drop on the slipknot track Oh shoot! I don't remember what song it was. Yeah, I just eyeless. It's on the it's on the IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, and the the only other oh okay, I guess we we do have the one last little thread thing that I wanted to talk about, which was uh during the during the the party the shindig, uh the the FBI agents who we 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 read about or sorry we read about we heard we we watched last episode. Right, who set up the wire? Goofing and gaffing. Yeah, what's that? They were goofing and gaffing last episode. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. They wired up the lamp, and then they finally got a hit this episode. And they tune in. They hear that the signal's going off, and it's uh, AJ in the basement, <laughs> uh, meeting up to something behind the shed. Yeah, he's he's, he's plotting to a uh, ditch class and. I assume just like smoke cigarettes or something. Yeah. He says, um, let's meet up behind the Jefferson Dairy Queen for you know what. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's all we get out of that. Uh so yeah, that was that was that was the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh the credits music was I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles by Les Paul. Very nice, <laughs> like fifties guitar sound. I do not re- recall it me- being like terribly impactful, but it could have been. Uh, I don't know. It's just like a nice song, sort of. It's just uh, a nice song. You know, it's got the sort of like, uh, like a really old guitar delay and reverb sound to it, and it's like this woman just died, and this was like the music that was popular in her heyday, and it's it's like a real nostalgic mm. kind of feeling as we say goodbye to Livia Soprano. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Let, and 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 let and let us say goodbye to Livia Soprano. <laughs> goodbye, Livia. Uh, Proshai, Livushka. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> um, any, anyone else have any stray notes before I get into my 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 hell of a day, boys? <laughs> I do uh, not I, have I, anything that is preventing me from hearing about your hell of a day. I do have just one tiny thing. Uh, yes. So as we get the shots of people preparing for the funeral day. Uh, we see Silvio at home struggling with his cufflinks, and uh, he has a very funny-looking dog that's watching him from a chair in the mirror. I miss the dog too. Oh my god! Oh, it's yeah. You might want to go back. Yes, I'm all about Silvio's dog. All right. Um, I if anyone wanted should should have gotten a spinoff. Like, oh, here's here's this 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 will be the game that we have with, with guests. Who which Sopranos character? would get their own spinoff so the sopranos is tony's but if there was a sopranos show if there's another show for any of the other characters who would have been who would it have been mm, okay i know that they're working on a movie 
that's like a prequel about yeah. uh Tony's dad and like the previous generation of the family. So maybe we should go in the opposite direction and go younger. Cause I think AJ, yeah. like I would love to spend more time with him. Do well, I mean The Sopranos is a very funny show, but I think if you did a spin-off focusing more on AJ, it would be like more of a comedy, more comedy focused. Absolutely. I've I, I want to follow that thread and I want to watch Anthony Jr., 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 and it's in the far future, and okay. it's just a long line of Anthony Juniors, <laughs> and we, 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 we get, the, we get the, the, the fail son at the end of the mafia, who, the, the fail son of fail sons. And yeah, we get like Anthony the sixth. Yes. And <laughs> it's, and it, and, and it's, and it's, since it's a comedy, it's, uh, we have like an optimistic take on the future. It's not dystopian like it will actually be it will be fun <laughs> and um full of full of gadgets and trickery uh yeah kind that, of that's what Jetsons. i want exactly yeah i'd also yeah, like and to, I, oh sorry uh and also like the sopranos is about kind of like the decline of an empire both in the crime families and in like america in general like our cultural decline so if you go that far in the future it would be interesting yeah, to see like just how far things fall, and then yes. since you you want to give it like an optimistic turn, like you see how how the the youngest uh, soprano scion, like how he turns things around. Yeah, maybe there's a lot of potential there. Maybe, but, but maybe the whole setup is actually now that you say that, it, maybe I mean I I, I I betray I betray some some negative thoughts I need to go to the, the re-education camps on because uh, I believe, so saying it's optimistic, I think is incorrect. What we mm. need to be thinking is, so the, the, the very premise of the show is yes, we get like this long line of, of Anthony's sons and then this la and, 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 and history just keeps taking its natural course. And so we're fine. It, it, we finally do descend fully into techno, uh fascism and like private corporatization everywhere but then aj does like the he is is working at the 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 nuclear factory um and like homer simpson he'll like drop the, he'll like push push the wrong button he'll back into the wrong thing <laughs> and uh cause the whole grid to come to come down because it's all been subcontracted out and everything and we finally get the uh we get we get an accelerationist Sopranos or something, and we can we can rebuild from the ashes in the new spinoff, um, and we can sh and and it's optimistic because we can see how the future, uh, like a, a post a post capitalist landscape can be fun and funny, uh, and still have goofy goons like AJ around. Yeah, yeah. There's room for everybody in the new world. <laughs> We talked about it last week, but I'd like to hear um, another opinion on uh, who's wearing masks in the Sopranos team today. Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, do we want to stick with just like the the criminal enterprise, or like go outside of that too with like if Melfi? Can, yeah, if 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 you're thinking anyone who's coming to mind about who has 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 an opinion about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I assume that Melfi does and and all of the like medical professionals we've seen they probably will take it seriously in terms of like the inner circle like tony's people uh 
Tony definitely would not want to. Uh, and I don't think Sylvia would either. But Polly maybe. Polly would for sure. Yeah. After last episode with like the hand washing and the shoelaces yeah. for sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got like the kind of like uh, awareness of of germs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Unless it's Pauly more of the Donald Trump theory of germs when it's just like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, I think that the Cusimanos would do a lot of posturing and have like. Um, like on their manicure lawn, they would have a sign that said, "Like in this house, we b- believe in science" or whatever, <laughs> and that they would ha- they would wear masks and give dirty looks to the Sopranos not wearing masks next door. But then they would have like their parties, like their dinner parties, still like they're still not changing anything about their lifestyles. Um, mm-hmm. But they would still uh, look down on anybody not wearing a mask. Yeah, that's my take. That that makes me think. Like, do the Cusimanos vote Trump? I, I bet they're Republicans. You I know, think doctors that they, in the Jersey suburbs. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got. I think <laughs> here, who's the who's a who's voting for Biden at all in this show? <laughs> Meadow, uh, like I like is Melfi maybe? Uh, um, that priest probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Or maybe maybe we got it all wrong and they're like. Yeah, he's Catholic. We're all we're all voting for. Him. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Cuz that's yeah, that's why I was thinking the priest did. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean like uh Carmela is a uh, at least somewhat uh devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. Tony I don't think gives a shit. No. I don't think so he's he wouldn't. voting at all. I think I think he thinks Trump is funny and doesn't vote yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um okay. So, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up at the top of the show because it was such a big deal that happened to me today, but I was hanging out working from home and, um, Zoe goes off to a, to her, her, she had like an eye doctor appointment. So she went off and then she calls me about five minutes later and says that, uh, she was, she she was driving through town. She heard like officials or workers or I'm not sure where she, she, but she found out there was a gas leak um downtown and uh she she smelled gas and so she called me and just said there's a gas leak and i said oh okay do you want me to want me to do anything and she's like i guess yeah get the get the dogs inside um and so i i get the dogs inside and then five minutes later the doorbell rings and a uh, police officer is there and tells me that uh they're evacuating the neighborhood um, oh wow! And so it says because we we're evacuating, um, so because we don't want it to be like two years ago, and so a little context is two years ago in Sun Prairie, uh, there was a big explo- gas explosion downtown that uh blew up several buildings and um only killed one person, but like mm. was definitely a huge explosion, and so. Uh, me, I, 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 I found out what I would, I grab it in an emergency and it's, uh, I grab my, I grab my phone. I grab uh, a bag of dog treats. I put the, the dog, the two dogs in the car. I grab my, my file folder with all like my, like life documents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Your notes on Sopranos episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm for some reason just like furiously printing them all out and stapling <laughs> them together. 
<clears throat> some of them are in your head, so you have to write them down. Yes. <laughs> and uh, jump in the car and then get down the block a few and then realize I forgot the cat. And that so that's mm-hmm. my that's th- that is apparently my um, escape plan. And they just said we're evacuating and go north. Uh, and so I do. And then it isn't until I'm on the road and the dogs are like freaking out that, uh, and I text Zoe that like, okay, we've evacuated. So don't go back to the house. Uh, I, I get on the road and heading north and Marty's just like crawling over the, all over the car, like on top of me. And it occurs to me that like, uh, I'm not sure how far north, like how big, how big is a gas explosion? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, how will I know it's safe to return? Um, how will they contact me whatsoever? And so I pull over and I, I call the, I call the, the, the Dane County Sheriff's department, which is like the only number I could find for like besides nine one one, but (laughs) sure. Yeah. And was, I said, uh, I was just told to evacuate my house, um, because of a gas leak. I want to know when it will, uh, when I want to know when it'll be safe or how I'll be notified when it'll be safe or what's going on. And I was given a big old, uh, those are a lot of questions. I don't know the answers to <laughs> like, wow. Thanks. Fucking thanks. God. This feels like the, the thing that like maybe the one thing that cops could be good for is like, <laughs> like do being like public safety and like, how, like, to letting you you know if there's an explosion about to happen and then like getting telling you back the front desk about it too <laughs> well i mean they told you to go north that's i their yeah. hands are, are clean <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh i just gas drove around for a while hate north what i guess gas explosion hate north that's <laughs> <laughs> true they always blow south <laughs> yes it, we've got the el nino uh and so north is fine um and so i just drove around for a while until uh and and then eventually went to a a friend's house for a little bit in madison and then and then and then i listened to the police scanner until they said that they were allowing foot traffic and stuff back but like that was the it was a a close call my i had to evacuate my home today which feels wild yeah that is crazy like it's possible that we may not have been able to record the show. Which would have been the biggest tragedy of all. <laughs> like, just several city blocks destroyed in Sun Prairie. Sopranos live listeners cry out. Delayed a day. <laughs> and dem- and, and uh, years of eulogies and tribute episodes continue, go up, t- continue to go up in the feed. Atticus capitalizes instantly. Virtual <laughs> Opportunities. <laughs> yeah. So do you have like any sort of animosity towards your cat or is there a reason that you left the cat behind? No, I just forgot. Um, yeah. Uh, I, and I feel very bad about it. And she got me back by shitting all over the floor later. So nice. it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cats. I mean, they tend to be a little more self-sufficient. So maybe you just weren't as concerned about yeah. the cat. Yeah. She's got, she's got a gas mask and uh, all sorts of stuff yeah. ready to she go. She knows where to hide from explosions. <laughs> right. Um, and I mean, I'm I, I I guess I'm kind of so I'm I'm glad it worked out for that. I, you know what? Ultimately, I'm glad my house didn't explode. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but uh, I'm 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 glad it worked out because I, if I had remembered the cat, I would have spent 
probably a little bit too I, I probably would have tried to get the the three animals into the car at the same time which would have been an absolute disaster that cat will yeah. not do anything i want it to ever anyway um, what kind of car do you have like how was, big is the space inside i was gonna be loading up into zoe's prius uh, yeah so that would have been <laughs> pretty close been quarters a, for two dogs and a cat definitely and so another great reason for me I was to gonna find say. a nice brand brand spanking new Toyota 4Runner <laughs> parked in my driveway, uh, wondering if are I you changing the goal now? You want to you want a brand new or do you want a brand new 2005? Still, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I'm. If all you got is 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 like a current gen 4Runner, like, if Joe Biden we, brought you a 2020 or maybe a 2021 4Runner, would you vote for him? <laughs> Hmm. Um. They. 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 I. I'm not sure what the 2021 TRD Pro off-road package exclusive color will be. I know that 2020 <laughs> is this cool dark green, and so if I'm seeing that dark green, I'm voting green. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> he's seeing the green. If you're seeing the dark green, yeah. Uh. Once again, Feds. I am not selling my vote on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. That's going to do it for The Sopranos Live, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've recorded enough. That's a podcast. So, Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it was great to have you. You're a very astute watcher of the program. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I try to absorb as many details as I can. Yeah, how far along are you now? You said you got... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I first watched this like about a week ago. So, and I didn't stop watching episodes. So, so I, I think I'm, I think I'm on uh, season three, episode nine. Damn, nice. Yeah. Uh, what is so? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. We talked a little bit about the synchronicity that's going on with why everybody started this premise. But like, what do you make of the recent cultural resurgence of the Sopranos? Um, at least how I've identified it. It seems to have been like a big, like what what I guess I'm just asking like why did you start watching The Sopranos? Because uh, for me and Atticus, it was like we always knew about The Sopranos. Uh, mm-hmm. We never watched it, and then I don't know. We just like started seeing a lot more references to it or something, and wanted to like be in on it. Um, I don't know if there's any single thing, but what yeah, what made you start watching it? Yeah, well, when did you guys start? I know you've been doing this series for a while. I think about a year. Okay, okay. So it was before everybody had to stay inside their homes mm-hmm. and yes. watch TV all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for me, um, I was super into Breaking Bad when it, that was airing on TV. Like, that was the first TV show where I, like, got really sucked in and wanted to watch the new episodes every time they came out. Uh, so I, I was watching that as it was airing, and then I was, like, reading... And participating in forum discussions about the episodes as they were coming out. And people would compare uh, episodes of Breaking Bad to, like, like the, the cultural kind of place that Breaking Bad was occupying uh, had previously been occupied by stuff like The Wire and The Shield and The Sopranos. So, uh, from what people were saying about these shows, I first was, like, most interested in The Wire. So... My wife and I watched The Wire like all the way through. Well, actually, it took us a while to get through that one. It's a very dense show. I don't know if you guys have watched any of that. Mm-hmm. Atticus is a Wire scholar, as I understand. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. not seen it myself. <laughs> it's it's really good. Like I really enjoy it. Um, 
but it's really bleak and uh there's a shitload of characters so <laughs> it's it's not something i would want to binge watch so we tended to watch it like a season at a time and then take breaks but anyway once we got through that it was like let's just keep moving backwards and like keep watching shows like this um and i think we watched the first episode of the sopranos like years ago like thinking this is something that is like culturally significant like it was for a lot of people it's like this was the first good television show ever <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. so yeah we're interested in it we watched the first episode it was like that's pretty good but then we're too busy but uh we have not been very busy this year so <laughs> it was time to get back into it and yeah i'm loving it like i mentioned earlier it's way funnier than i expected it to be mm-hmm. um and i also like i mentioned that it's about a de- declining empire and i sort of i'm thinking about it in that context now because like all of all of civilization is kind of failing right now and the first i'm hearing of this <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm seeing that stuff in sopranos where it's like uh they're constantly like thinking about the stuff that their fathers were doing and like uh there, there was a line in like the first season where carmela says that tony watches godfather 2 all the time (laughs) (laughs) and they're just like pining for what came before and like you compare that to what they're doing now and they like have no control over their lives they're constantly like failing and killing each other (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's a fun it's a fun thing to watch because they're all just going down the drain it kind of makes it sad that the movie is a prequel when you think of it like the the writers have the same disease that uh (laughs) <laughs> tony had totally that's a good point atticus like that's uh yeah what it, what we we've done no sort of research or much discussion on the the prickle whatsoever but like in the context of this discussion here it dominates it does, our google news alerts though yeah i used to get, yeah i've gotten those less and less the less and less i research any of these episodes <laughs> uh but yeah, it does seem to be like a similar one of those like weird, yeah, the, the the weird pop culture disease of needing to explore every origin story or just like backfill uh, yeah. everything for some yeah. reason. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you were talking about Fargo earlier. That's derivative of an old movie. Uh, Better Call Saul is like the prequel to Breaking Bad. Everything is looking backwards. Yeah. We just watched the pilot to uh, Ratchet on Netflix today. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is the um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Last. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah Same disease. V- very bad. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, I mean, I think this is absolutely a, like a, a cultural phenomenon that like we seem to be unable to look forward whatsoever. Like, uh, I don't know. Imagine if... I mean, just like imagining a future is hard enough at like in real life whatsoever. But like <laughs> imagine it to write a show or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. It Like it seems to be driven probably by a, a way to like cash in on established intellectual properties. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I, that's probably the long and short of it for the most part, like why anything ever gets greenlit at this point. But like even the original stuff like a stranger things is looking backwards um yeah i mean it's very much like a parody and a pastiche of like 80s stuff stranger things is like 
<laughs> barely anything in it is original, really. Um, I'm 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 going I'm going full Christopher at this point. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking <laughs> there might be another version of me out there, and I need to go find mm-hmm. him and see if he has any of the answers. Um, <laughs> Justin, where can people find you? Oh yeah, uh, since this is a podcast, I guess I'll uh, plug my own, which you already mentioned. But uh, I do host a politics podcast called Rock Hard Caucus. It's uh, it's about well, it's based in Iowa, so we mostly talk about stuff that happens here and like uh, our own state government and and stuff like that. Uh, we make fun of a lot of opinion writers in the local papers, which is a uh, w- one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> Um, I also host uh, a music show. It's called I Hear, I See. It's about the Iowa City music scene, uh, which I just kind of just recently revived the podcast. It's been it's been on a break since I can't do any sort of live performances, you know, but that's come back recently. So if you want to hear me talk about music with people who make music, that exists as well. That's the place to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Justin. Really quick, you talked about the like various opinion writers, whatever, and Atticus and I had a conversation earlier this week a little bit about Liz Lenz. Do you oh, want to yeah. give us a little preview of like I'm sure you 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 talk about it on your show, but like what's the deal with that? Why did she get f- fired? I like I'm not really plugged in anymore, but like I yeah. I saw that she did get fired and it seems uh fucked up from my perspective (laughs) yeah we actually haven't talked about liz much at all on our show because she like we actually like her generally sure and our show is very negative so (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah liz was like the only like good opinion writer for the cedar rapids gazette and uh she was fired well i think it was a couple weeks ago but she just like announced it a like this week, I think that she had been fired. Uh, and then today the Gazette uh, tweeted about an upcoming like Q and a thing they're going to do with the governor. <laughs> oh, and, huh. Makes so, you yeah, think. Pe- yeah. People are like kind of uh, connecting the dots there because also um, they, the Gazette also recently endorsed like every democratic candidate that's running for like federal office and they said that they did that just by default because none of the republicans like they all refused to meet with the uh gazette editorial staff and some of them (laughs) named liz lens by name as their reason for (laughs) refusing to meet with them whoa (laughs) so it seems like they're uh they're ditching liz so that they have like access to republicans again wow (laughs) damn dude yeah i would like it i I would say iowa politics is not just something to pay attention to if you're in iowa and this this kind of this these kind of shenanigans whatsoever because um i mean we can look at iowa as like a state for how like with regards to the coronavirus like uh how poorly it was handled and how deliberately poorly it was being flubbed, it seems. And um, like, I think it's an important, very important thing to be paying attention to as that model seems to be like definitely spreading. And there's a lot of clues in Iowa to, 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 to look at. Um, so yeah, folks, I would, I would uh, op- open your eye to that. <laughs> yeah, we're so, kind of a cautionary tale in, in many ways. Yeah. And dude, 
Wisconsin is ca- is doing its best to catch up. Yeah, you've got your own cautionary tales. Uh, I'd say that uh, Iowa's actually like a few years behind uh, Wisconsin in terms of like the dismantling of public education, but we're catching up. <laughs> Listen, it's a race to the bottom here in the Midwest. <laughs> Missouri, you want to check in? Uh, we're actually all doing great. nice (laughs) sweet all right well thanks you two so much for coming on or being on the show again this has been supremo's live next week guess what we're gonna watch the next episode nice have fun with it (laughs) we will thanks again for coming on justin this was a lot of fun yeah thank you guys